Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. To another episode of the Rotor Road Football Podcast. As you know, the most important podcast in the universe. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tuesday. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm, I'm thanking you in advance for Thursday's episode with Ray, Rich, and Nick, and Friday's episode with myself, Evan Silva, and Roto Pat. I'm Josh Norris, by the way. I forgot to introduce myself. How ungentlemanly and unsouthern of me. Uh, and also, thank you for joining us on Sundays, each and every Sunday, Rotor World Live, noon Eastern. Rotor World's YouTube page, kickoff show, pregame show, whatever you want to call it. We answer your questions. We help you set your optimal lineup. We preview matchups. We talk about games. It's fun. Again, noon Eastern, Rotor World Live brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings on Rotor World's YouTube page. And before we get going, I also want to mention that Rotor World just launched its beta site for an upcoming date, I guess is the right way yeah. to put it beta.rotorworld.com if you go check that out it's so much better on mobile you can actually see things on the mobile page um, and obviously the desktop looks different as well check it out send me some feedback on twitter or any of the other writers but mainly just me because they have enough stuff going on uh, again beta.rotorworld.com and bookmark it and check it out okay now it's time for ray Sumlin because ray writes the waiver column up on rotorworld ray this is a week 12 that means it's also known as the David Geddes week. <laughs> Remember that name? I I do. I don't know why. He wore number 12. That's why. Um, oh, Ray, enough. we're also at halftime of this Monday Night Football game. We're recording this at that moment. And who is the halftime show? It's the Chainsmokers. The Chainsmokers. You, you might be the only person in America that has never heard the Chainsmokers. Now, I'm not calling the Chainsmokers good. I'm just saying if you have turned on the radio for five minutes in the last five years, you have heard a song by the Chainsmokers. Yeah, I don't listen to the radio. I listen to uh, podcast and my own curated music lists. So okay. yeah, I, I would have never heard the Chainsmokers. I just read, now that you've chastised me, I've just read that they're their EDM punk is that or pop? I mean EDM pop music is that? Would that be a good Do way? Do you know to what EDM it? is? Uh, is electronic dance music correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I don't want this to sound like I am praising the Chainsmokers here. Yeah, but I mean they they've been pickers on College Game Day before, 
Like they, they've been out. Like I'm sure they've had an ESPN song for like the college football playoff and stuff like that. So I'm sure you've I heard ass- one of their songs. Yeah, I would assume because I've spent a day or two inside a, a club in my day. I will assume oh. that there's a, that I would know their songs if I heard them, but I just, I didn't, I saw the name. I go, I have no idea who this name is. They're not Jason Isbell. I'll tell you that. Ray, that might be the most interesting comment I take away from this podcast that you have been to a club once in a while during your heyday. Um, I was a, you, you I was don't have to, you don't have to expand if you don't attended, want to. That attended college and uh, enjoys liquor. I don't okay. really understand how, what else to explain. <laughs> I, I, I guess I thought in the last maybe like seven years. That's oh, I certainly have been in the last seven years too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Ray, do we have time for this Thanksgiving topic? I, because you apparently like salad, we have to talk about it. You, okay. you like, this is what you're telling me. So they're on, on five thirty eight came out with something that said that the people in the West, their favorite or the most, I guess, universal side dish for the people in Western United States on Thanksgiving was salad. There's nothing wrong with this. Salad. Salad is, is the go-to side dish for any meal. It doesn't matter what day it is, what holiday is, what event it is. Salad is the perfect complement to anything. No, salad's what you eat when you're upset with yourself no. of what you ate on Thanksgiving. Salad is the punishment that you give your body for the things that you do on Thanksgiving. It right. is not a side dish. I there should eat, not be green things on the table at I, I eat a salad every single day, if not twice a day, and sometimes three times a day. There should be carbs, there should be cheese, and there should be protein on the table at Thanksgiving. Those should be the things. Look, uh, there's, there's so many things that people – the South, I'm not saying we're great. Don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying we're great. But in the South, we do two things really well. One, we know how to properly make tea. And by the way, if you don't have sweet tea in your restaurant, I'm not going to your restaurant. We know how to properly make tea. And if you tell me we have sugar on the table, I'm going to point you to a chemistry book. The second thing is... The second thing is we know how to properly kill ourselves slowly with food. And that's what you should be doing on Thanksgiving. So trust a Southerner... (laughs) Get some cornbread. I'm Southern too, Ray. I, yeah. I lived in North Carolina for 25 yeah. years of my life. Your your affinity for salad suggests otherwise, sir. Okay, Here, here's a question. By the way, in the Southeast, mac and cheese was number one for 538. I would Support say the that. Midwest, rolls and biscuits, green bean yeah. casserole for whatever the other part of the Midwest is. Yeah, yeah. Texas, no, your area, cornbread. Would you thanks. put salad ahead of squash? Squash was the Northeast. What, what, yeah. what would be the ranking yeah. there? I know because at least squash is close to sweet potatoes, which is what you should be eating. Okay. You've just, you've lost me completely. Ray, let's move on. <laughs> We're just never going to agree on this. That's fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable in my own skin as, as the salad King. Okay. Do you jog on Thanksgiving day? No, I don't jog yes, in do. general. <laughs> Admit that you do. Admit that you jog on Thanksgiving day. Admit it. No, no. Maybe I'll like walk on a treadmill on a 17 incline. <laughs> At 3.7, but I, I definitely will not jog. Um, okay, Liar. let's move to so. football stuff since we've wasted, not wasted. This has been an important four minutes of your life. Uh, Ray, again, your waiver column is up on Rotor World right now, and it's been an interesting weekend for some new yep. names. Um, speaking of one of those new names, I want to jump to Gus Edwards. Is that his name? Correct? Gus That's Edwards? His name, yeah. I know I watched Gus Edwards pre-draft. I know that I watched him in the preseason. I can't say that I was ever overly impressed with Gus Edwards' style, 
But it seemed like during this game, he overtook Alex Collins's role and was a better fit with the offense that the Ravens were running. Did you see the same thing? Yeah, I did. And I, you know, I saw him pre-draft too. I saw him in the preseason. Again, he didn't strike me as anything, anything special. I thought he looked, you know, pretty darn good in this game. They were obviously opening big holes. Lamar Jackson, you know, helped that. And John Harbaugh said after the game that they were looking for that kind of running back, that kind of running back being a north-south kind of pounding guy to kind of add to their, they're now, I guess you have to call it a stable of running backs now that they've traded for Ty Montgomery as well. And it looks like Gus Edwards is going to be that guy. You mentioned that he took over for Alex Collins. Uh, He certainly did in that game. I think the question you have with Edwards now is what's going to happen moving forward. Like I said, Harbaugh after the game said that now we have four backs you know, we can we can use these four backs. You know, we have four guys that can do different things. That's exactly what we want to say, hear. <laughs> exactly. He seemed to say it in such a way that was like, we are going to use these four running backs in different ways, which Great. is obviously, as you allude to, not not what you're looking for. Um, but I will say I, I'd been high on Ty Montgomery. I've obviously that's gone by the wayside now, but I've been high on Ty Montgomery because I thought that there was room for a running back to emerge in this offense. And if you look at their schedule down the stretch, it's just absolutely spectacular for a running back. So I thought there was room for that. I mean, this is the kind of performance that Edwards from Edwards, which means you just have to go near the top of a waiver list. And if he does end up being the lead back, if this is kind of a sea change, then, I mean, the upside here down the rest of the schedule, especially if Lamar Jackson continues to start, I mean, it's just sky high. Can we now move to Lamar Jackson? I know I'm skipping ahead on your list here. But I feel like it's just an easy transition for me, and I'm yeah. all about making life easy for me. I mean, I we should maybe phone a friend here and call on Rich Rebar, but in light of not being able to do that, we know that rushing upside is there. And what he had, how many carries was it yesterday? I believe it was 24. Would, he had 117 would, rushing yards. Right, so the 24 is a game high since the merger, okay, for the quarterback wow. position. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. And now with Lamar Jackson, like, oh, it was twenty-seven. Excuse me. And now with Lamar Jackson, we know that he's going to have rushing totals no matter what if he's a starting quarterback. And it certainly seems like this is how they're going to run the offense. It's not just like a one-week, you know. Instead of trotting out Chris Winkie, uh, Dan Henning uses the Wildcat with D'Angelo Williams, and so on and so forth. Right? Like this seems like this is the type of offense they want to run. My question is, doesn't that make Lamar Jackson a viable starter? top 12 quarterback option because just with the rushing totals alone, adding on touchdowns onto that could even make him rise up the charts. Yeah. I mean, like you mentioned, he was a top 12 option this week with basically no, with basically no passing production and he didn't have any touchdowns and he had 117 yards on the ground and that, and that propelled him to a top 12 play. I, I will say that number, that 117 yards, I don't know if you can just project that moving forward. I don't know if you can project 27 carries moving forward. And I would assume if he's going to continue to be their starter, that they're going to put more on his plate. I mean, we have to remember he missed Thursday's practice with the stomach illness. Maybe that played a role in what happened here. But you mentioned Rich for a good reason, because Rich is famous for his Konami code with Tyrod Taylor. We saw Tyrod Taylor with limited passing production be a very good fantasy quarterback for a while because of his ability to run the football. Lamar Jackson could certainly be that. And if he does get more on his plate as a passer, if he's allowed to throw more, then the upside is certainly there. So yeah, the concern you have with him is the same concern we have last week. We don't know if he's going to continue to start. Harbaugh said that there's a chance Joe Flacco returns this week. He seemed to 
he seemed to make it clear that if Flacco is to return, he's going to go back into the starting yeah. lineup. Well, I mean, I know, but he's a coach. He's going to make those decisions. So we can't, I guess we have no say in that matter as much as we'd like to, but the, but yeah, so that's the only concern you have. If he starts, especially against the Raiders this week, I think you're going to be using him, but I, I don't even have him as the top ad at quarterback. I have Jameis Winston there because we just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and I probably was assuming too much that we would get 100 rushing yards from Lamar Jackson every game because yeah. he's not facing the Cincinnati Bengals in, in every matchup. Did you get to watch Lamar's performance yet? Yeah. I know he wasn't asked to do a lot as a passer, but I thought that, like there was a nice little foundation there, you know, from like, again, 27 carries or whatever it was. Like that makes it sound like they don't want him to pass at all. And I think there is some upside there for passing potential, which obviously it, it should be obvious because he was a very good passer in college. Yeah, I mean, there were, that interception was was awful. bad. Yes, <laughs> it was. It was. I mean, but he's a rookie making his first start. Right, rookies throw bad interceptions. That's what happens. So it was. Yeah, but aside from that, yeah, I thought he looked fine. I do want to mention Jameis Winston. I said he's at the top, and some might bristle at that. But here's the thing: Tampa Bay's quarterback has been the third most productive quarterback in the league. And that he and Ryan Fitzpatrick, James Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick, have combined for 20 fantasy points, at least 20 fantasy points in all but two games this year. The only concern you have with Tampa Bay's quarterback, literally the only one, is will that quarterback get benched in the middle of the game? That's it. And because this is Winston's first start in his now, what, third stint or second stint, I guess, as the starter, it's unlikely that they're going to bench him this game. So I think that you're fine with that. But it's 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 important to remember this Tampa Bay passing attack has been among the most effective in the league. We just, you know, need to hope that nobody gets benched. Okay. Let's go back up to the top of your list. You had Josh Adams up there. Um, once again, Josh Adams is someone who we've talked about for multiple episodes of this podcast, yep. right? And yep. Josh Adams is someone that in a blowout loss still was able to have production on limited opportunities. Yeah, and I've been, like you said, I've been pushing him for several weeks because I saw the I saw the writing on the wall. I saw the opportunity there. They had to find someone that was more effective than Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement, and Josh Adams has come in and just been that player. He's been spectacular since, and with every carry they give him, he seems like he's better and better. And I have him ahead of Gus Edwards because I think the thing with Edwards is, is that you're hoping that he becomes the starter in Baltimore. Adams is already the starter in Philadelphia against the Saints. And like you mentioned, this was a blowout. This was a game in which you would expect them to have more of a quote-unquote passing down guy in there. But against the Saints, he played a season-high 55% of the snaps. He had 58% of the carries. He was targeted on 18.2% of Carson Wentz's throws, which is, you know, it's very encouraging considering, you know, considering we didn't really view him as that kind of back, I don't think. So you take a look at that. The Eagles' schedule down the stretch is not bad. Their offense is is quite a bit better than what than what they showed in New Orleans. I mean, I talked, and it came back to bite me, but I talked on the Sunday show about how well, how well Wentz had been playing. Uh, that went out the window against the Saints. But I'm not, I'm not thinking that's a harbinger for things to come. So, yeah, I think Adams is still the top running back ad over Gus Edwards because at this point we know that he's the starter, and we're just kind of hoping for Edwards. Right now is the time I need to tell the people about Draft.com. Draft.com has been very good to us, and we appreciate it whenever you're nice to them as well. We love Draft.com for their best ball leagues in the summer, and we like Draft.com for uh, their different DFS-type flat platform during the regular season instead of salary cap-based DFS. No, now you actually get to 
draft draft a different team each week what yeah it's so much fun and the best way to do it is to go to draft.com slash rotoworld or download the app on the app store or google play and enter promo code rotoworld and when you do that enter some money you get a free three dollar entry draft start like every single minute as soon as they fill it's super easy on mobile to do so again go check out our friends over at draft.com is there anything to say about Jalen Richard Ray um I mean again another play we've talked about a lot the ceiling isn't that high for him but he certainly has a role and I believe Doug Martin was taken out of the game yeah I think the interesting thing about Richard no offense no offense about Doug Martin Ray yeah I've already told you he's he's no longer number one that's that's Michael Thomas's spot thank you yeah you, you you pivoted to an actually good football player uh, Doug Martin was an actually good football player when I <laughs> fell in love with him, uh, but we don't need to rehash this. We don't need to rehash this. Uh, the thing that makes Richard more interesting than maybe he's been is what what we saw his usage in the rushing game. I mean, he had a career high, a career high, eleven carries against the Cardinals. He led the backfield with sixty one rushing yards, and you mentioned it. It came after Doug Martin was pulled from the game with supposedly an ankle injury. That remains in question. Um, Gruden seemed to seemed to confirm that he had Martin had an ankle injury on Monday, but I mean, it, it more seemed like he wanted to see what Richard and DeAndre Washington can do. So I think that that's something there. He also called compared Richard to Charlie Garner on Monday. Okay, okay. So so that's something. Uh, I doubt that that he's going to finish on like the nine hundred nine hundred Charlie Garner pace that uh, that he had uh, I guess earlier in the two thousands, but. I think that there's something interesting here for Richard. If he, this rushing production is real, if he's going to start to get 10 carries a game to go with these targets that we've already seen him get, I think that that makes him, makes him quite a bit more interesting. Ray, let's keep it going with Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith yeah. had a blow-up game a couple weeks ago when Drew Brees set the record. We know that that one is at home. Then he did absolutely nothing for a couple games on the road. And as Evan mentioned on Friday's episode, Ray, did you catch that episode at all? If not, I'll tell you what happened. Um, <laughs> Evan talked about Traquan Smith at home because with the Saints offense being elevated at home, it can possibly feature more passing options. And Traquan Smith, I, we know that targets and opportunities are going to get funneled to Michael Thomas, your favorite player, and Alvin Kamara, who I guess is now my favorite player, and a little bit of Mark Ingram. But outside of that, there's no real pass funnel to anyone. Uh, now it could be Traquan Smith, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's really tough to figure out what to do with with Smith. That's a that's actually a theme for a lot of wide receivers uh, in this game because you mentioned it. He had his breakout in, in Drew Brees' record-setting game. Then he goes four games. A couple of those were at home, I th- I believe, off the top of my head, without without really doing much of anything. Last week in a in a prime matchup against the Bengals, he actually goose eggs. But throughout that whole stretch, he was still playing a lot of snaps. He was still working as the as the clear kind of number two receiver to Michael Thomas. He just wasn't getting the targets. This week, he comes out and he gets all of the targets, essentially. Michael Thomas was targeted four times in this game. The next closest receiver was Keith Kirkwood, who we talked about last week, who finished with five targets, actually one more than Michael Thomas. And then it was all Trey Quan Smith. Now, after the game, Smith said, that the the Eagles were covering up Mike. That's a direct quote. And so it seemed to be something of a game-specific thing. And it's obviously concerning that Smith followed his last big game in week five with you know four lackluster outings. But what you have to like about this and what you have to like about his chances to kind of continue this moving forward is they're at home again this week. 
against the Falcons, who is you know one of the one of the worst defenses in the league. So I think that he has a decent chance at least to continue to build on this. Although I will say you have to at least have some trepidation after what we what we saw from him following that first breakout. Okay, let's keep it moving. Should we talk about talk about breakouts? I mean, possibly a DJ Moore one moving forward, Ray. Um, DJ Moore is someone who again had, a, had a kind of a blow up game a couple weeks ago, and we've know we've seen him play more and more snaps because Torrey Smith has been on the bench um, injured. Now we see him run just like I, I believe on, on this on the field just one fewer snap than Devin Funchess. And I mean, DJ Moore now nine and a half yards on average after the catch, second best in the league among qualified receivers at that mark. Ray, you have to be impressed with what you've seen out of DJ Moore, especially what he did Sunday against the Detroit Lions. Yeah, absolutely love him. Loved him as a player. I thought he was should have been the number one receiver drafted. I, I think that, you know, he's a great playmaker. Think I think the same thing about Traquan Smith. But like I said about Smith, we're kind of in the same situation, and you mentioned it. We have he has a big game. He keeps playing those snaps. He kind of keeps getting the targets. We even more than Smith, his target share stayed the same. Didn't do much. Didn't do much. And then he comes out in this game and, and obviously has a blow up. Some of that has to do with with the Panthers' offense. I mean, Cam Newton wasn't throwing a lot in between those two games. He threw more in this game. He was forced to throw more in this game. And then they come out and DJ Moore has himself a big game. Obviously, an 82-yard uh, reception certainly helps in that endeavor. But I don't really know what to do with Moore. Torrey Smith, if Torrey Smith ends up coming back, are they going to are they going to kind of limit more? I mean, that, that would seem ridiculous to me, but we'll well. we'll have to see what happens. <laughs> I know. But like, so, so what do you think? How do yeah. I know you're in on the Panthers? How do you view this situation? Oh, my, my thing with Ron Rivera is we have no idea what the decision he makes. And it's the same thing with North Turner. Like this can also be segmented to Curtis Samuel, who is one of the most efficient players. I think just 21 touches the season and he has five touchdowns. Um, like that's bananas, right? But they just don't want to play him anymore. Um, I, I do think that when Torrey Smith comes back, he will see snaps. Now, do I think he'll see starter snaps the same amount he was seeing? That shouldn't happen because DJ Moore is an emerging player. But could we see DJ Moore not being a full-time player? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's also one, though, that like there's a chance because the way the Panthers go with their passing game, DJ Moore like didn't do anything against Tampa Bay, correct? And that was like a prime matchup. Yeah. So it's one of those where you can't have some level of consistency with him trotting him out there in your starting lineup, even in a prime matchup, because we just don't know where the targets are going in this offense and the touches are going other than Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Like I said, that's the concern you have with Trey Smith. It's it's right. a theme this week. And I will say Curtis Samuel was going to be one of my deep cuts. Cause I like, you know, I love Curtis Samuel. I like Curtis Samuel. I think higher anybody in my dynasty rankings the year he came out. That dude's a playmaker. You need to get the ball in his hands and they just, they have it. Now, to be fair to them, they have a lot of playmakers, which is why Torrey Smith playing at the beginning of the year was as absurd as it was. And him getting snaps once he gets back, if that happens, would also be absurd. But yeah, it's a concern how many targets there are available. Devin Funches, I mean, he had a rough game, oh, yeah. this one dropping quite a few passes. But he's going to he's going to keep getting targets. Greg Olson's going to get targets. Christian McCaffrey's going to get targets. And when they're winning, they haven't thrown that much this year. So volume is going to be a concern, I think, for more. All right. Uh, Christian Kirk is another name you want to talk about. What, the the Cardinals only completed like nine passes in this past game, right? 
but Christian Kirk yeah. saw a large chunk of those receiving yards. I mean, other than David Johnson, which is great, that is finally fixed, but hopefully Byron Leftwich can fix the passing game next. Yeah, it was very concerning to see the way Rosen played against the Raiders. Although I will say the Raiders defense has not been bad the last two weeks. So that's something that's something to keep an eye on. Even against the Chargers, they weren't they weren't terrible. Something to keep an eye on. But I mean, Christian Kirk's another one of these players, like Moore, like Samuel, like Traquan. He's just a playmaker. He's flashed it several times. He did it again against the Raiders. He took a screen pass, 59 yards, broke a tackle, scored a touchdown. He made a spectacular catch to to kind of set them up uh, late in the fourth quarter along the sideline. Like he's just a player. And I think the hope for him, much as the hope would be for more, is that they're going to he's going to continue to keep getting targets. And if you look at both of those guys' schedule down the stretch, it, they're just spectacular. So that's my hope for Kirk. The passing game is a real concern. The way Rosen's playing right now is a real concern. But I think that Kirk, especially in deeper leagues, can provide value just based on that schedule and the kind of player that he is. Ray, since we are doing this, and I know you listen to Freddie's podcast, so I don't need to explain it to you, but I'll just explain it to everyone else out there. In college, I played a game called Who Has the Remote, okay? Or Blank Has the Remote, where you go through and name the most random player on a team uh, or that you that you can think of. And so since we just finished with Christian Kirk and is the Arizona Cardinals, Ray, do you have a random name of a player of of years past on the Arizona Cardinals that stands out to you? Huh. Years there, I mean past. there there aren't that many. Let's let's be fair. There aren't that many in the Cardinals history of successful ones, semi-successful ones that we can choose from here. Yeah, I, I, for some reason there's a running back that's popping into my head, but I can't remember the name. I will say that Kerwin Williams I always liked. Yeah. Because because I, I always thought that there was a that's Sherman too recent, Williams. Ray. That's too recent. I, I, all right. I'm just saying, I always thought there was Here, a Here's a running back you were thinking of. I, I know who you're thinking of. J.J. Arrington. <laughs> it, wasn't the, it wasn't the running back I was thinking of. That's a good one. I was thinking of Michael Pittman. Okay. That works too. Yeah. J.J. Arrington, Michael Pittman have the remote this this week. Guys and girls out there, if you're listening and you thought of a different name, be sure to either leave a review with it. That would be fantastic. Or just tweet us. Um, Ray, anyone for deep cuts? Yeah, I mentioned Curtis Samuel earlier. And then we have to talk about Bruce Ellington. I mean, we don't know what's going on with Marvin Jones. Yeah, we do. The Lions playing <laughs> on Thanksgiving. And so, I mean, it's not a great matchup to get the Bears, but they're playing on Thanksgiving. It doesn't seem like Marvin Jones is going to be back for that game. Bruce Ellington had nine targets in, in that game against the Panthers. He had six catches for 52 yards. They're not going to have carry on Johnson. They're not going to have a running game to speak of because LeGarrette Blunt can't run the football. In fact, I'm, I'm hopeful that Zach Zenner gets some carries because they need to stop this LeGarrette Blunt experiment. But I, I think that they could throw a lot. And if they do, Bruce Ellington is going to see quite a few, quite a few targets. So someone for deep leagues and also someone to know for that those Thanksgiving only slates in DFS. I actually think during the course of this podcast, I saw a Lions beat writer tweet out that Zach Center could be the one stepping in for Carrion Johnson. So he he should be. I I, I see if I can find it real quick. But Legarrette Blunt has oh, it was 16, awful man. He's a he net has, negative every time he touches the football. He has sixteen yards on his last twenty one carries. Yep, like I said, net negative. <laughs> it's bananas. Um, okay. That's it, Ray. This was fun. Thanks for talking with me. Uh, you'll be back on Thursday's episode with two other people. I'll be back on Friday's episode with two other people. Again, go check out beta.rotorworld.com. 
And until every until next time, everyone, I'll talk to y'all soon. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.